my name is Atib, and I'm head of product uh, at Farfetch. I've been here for 13 months, and I'm a self-confessed fan of tech. I, I love my tech. Uh, I'm a Apple fanboy, same uh, shame to admit. Uh, and I also love products. Uh, so in my background is I've always been fascinated of how you bring tech into everyday product. Yeah, end of the day, myself as product and the product owner's mind is here is we want to make people's life simple. You know, we want people to do something quicker, efficiently, and frictionless. And so how do you use tech in certain areas to improve that? So before I start going into my presentation, I want to ask two questions, if that's okay. So when I mention the word technology, what are some of the things that go into your minds? Like what comes into your mind when I mention technology? Anyone? Tesla, okay. Somebody else? Laptops. Cool. And the second question I want to ask is, do you agree or disagree that the only teams in a company that should focus on technology are R&D teams and innovation? You disagree? So you all disagree with that? Great. I love you all. <laughs> and I also disagree with that because I think technology is something that can be embraced in product, no matter who you are, where you work, whether you're a designer, engineer, product, if you are the CEO, anywhere, you can do technology into product. So, as my presentation says, can technology and fashion be best friends or other enemies? So to answer this question, which I hope by the end of this presentation you will all have an answer to, I want to focus on three areas. Fraud, payments, and post-purchase. So, why fraud? So, fraud prevention for most people is something that's critical. It's very important, but it can also be quite boring. Sorry, Luis. Uh, for an e-commerce company, fraud prevention is very important. It prevents the losses to the company via chargebacks. And at the same time, it allows companies to build a trust with its customer. Because as a company, if we can ensure your, your details are safe, your money is safe, and only you are allowed to use your money on our products, then that builds a trust with you. When fraud is not done properly, it can give customers quite a lot of a negative experience. If you think about solutions, I won't mention any names, but solutions like ask you to verify pictures that have street signs or put in a word that's there, it, it's not the greatest experience. For loyal customers and real customers who are genuine, seeing that kind of experience, you'll probably drop off because you just on a smartphone, it's not the greatest experience. So how do we change that? Because at the end of the day, if we don't, it's going to impact transactions, which also impacts the company. So I want to go through the history of Farfetch uh, in this particular field. So when Farfetch was a small company uh, 10 years ago, the customer base was quite small. And what we did at that time is we did manual checks of every transaction. So whenever a customer would place an order, we would verify it individually, we would look online or whatever methods we did to see if this person's legit. Uh, we had a checklist that they'd go through, uh, and if it was genuine, all great. If it was not, we would stop the transactions or we'd reach out to the customer for various uh, validations. 
Now, from that, if you're a genuine customer, going through that experience, you can see it's not the greatest. It's full of friction, which is not what we want to do to our customers. It's also very time-consuming for the business because we have to employ more people to, to validate all this. It also limits our product set, as in we can't do quick delivery because people can't go through each delivery or each order quick enough. So then it impacts our user experience. So as Farfetch grew, uh, the customer base grew as well. What that meant was the previous fraud model was no longer viable, wasn't sustainable. And we can't keep increasing headcount because headcount equals money. And it still doesn't improve what we're trying to achieve. So then we had to look at solutions that could help us. We had all this amazing data, but nothing we could do with it. So that's when we started looking at machine learning. Uh, machine learning is something that's great because what it allows us is to look at customers' behavior at set points throughout the experience. It can validate if this customer, what we know from the data, is somebody who likes to have this habit. If it's somebody that we know, but the behavior changes, we can then say, hang on, we think this may be fraudulent, so we can raise it. But this can happen in milliseconds or seconds. Rather than doing it manually, all of these checks can happen very quickly. For customers that have placed many, many orders, it's great because they don't realize anything is happening on fraud. For people who are doing fraudulent transactions, it's the worst nightmare because we will pick them up one way or the other. We'll detect it or we'll have a way of detecting them. So that's one of the things how we've improved it. Uh, and because of this, we can offer 30-minute delivery, 90-minute delivery. We can do instant delivery or those kind of things because we have a system in place that can handle fraud. Fraud doesn't stop. Neither do fraudsters. Every day, there's a new way of doing fraud. There's a new technology that fraudsters use to place fraudulent transactions. So it's not something we can sit back, or any e-commerce company, or any company can sit back and say, yes, we've got a perfect solution, and we don't have to care about it, because it will. It'll get out of date. There'll be new techniques that are coming out. So how can we improve this uh, within Farfetch, or generally through e-commerce? So doing quite a lot of research, uh, some of the trends that we can look at or some of the things we can use are stuff like bots. Traditionally, bots are only thought of customer service related. But how about using bots to look at social media for a customer? If a customer has always placed orders in Lisbon for 10 years, all of a sudden starts placing orders in Brazil, that's suspicious. Rather than somebody manually going checking the social media accounts or whatever, the bot can go and do it straight away. If it's if it verified on, say, Facebook that this person is in Brazil, then pretty much certain that this transaction is legit. If not, it can be raised. Also, there's things like biometric scanning. So, like Face ID, Touch ID, which are pretty much exclusive to an individual. So, everybody has one set of fingerprints. There's only one person that looks like you, unless you have a very identical twin. Uh, but mostly, there's only one of you. So why not use that in fraud? If you validated login with your thumb or your face, then we're pretty much sure it's, it's you. Versus passwords, which get hacked all the time. Facebook recently got hacked. Data got hacked from there. So let's move away from passwords. What else can we do? So biometrics is a good thing. Finally, why not some type, you know, some companies like EasyJet Airline, will ask you to upload your passport 
to prove your identity. So why not bring that into the fraud world as well, you know, in e-commerce? Why not, if we suspect a new customer we don't know anything about, how do you prove they're valid? Why not ask them to upload a, a document, but do it in a frictionless way? Do it on post-purchase, on order confirmation. When the order's gone through, then ask them, you know, can you please upload one of your documents? We used to send all of our payments to be processed by one single company, which obviously, as you know, would have a huge risk. Uh, should that provider go down, we lose orders and we can't function as a business. Also, it doesn't give us any negotiation power because as a business, the more profit we gain, the more successful we are. Yet, if all our eggs in one basket, we can't really negotiate on that. And as, like fraud, the company grew. Uh, right now, we operate in 190 countries. We get millions of orders a day, uh, sorry, a, a year. So we need a scalable method. So the first thing that we did uh, was have multiple partners, uh, providers in multiple countries, you know, whether it be China, Brazil, or anywhere. We have multiple partners. So if one goes down, we have somebody else who can pick up. Also, for fees, it's great because rather than having one global partner that's processing all your payment fees for all of the world, you can have local providers. This helps not only our offerings, uh, because the people who shop with Farfetch are high-end luxury customers. Uh, they're mostly iPhone users. So why not offer them something that's frictionless? You know, why not give them the experience that they expect elsewhere by bringing stuff like Apple Pay? And, and the great thing for a company about Apple Pay is all the authentication, all the fraud risk is already done with Apple, uh, with Touch ID. Everything's authenticated. So we just get a, a thing from Apple saying, yes, correct, you know, it's not fraud, and we process it. So it's a win-win for us. Uh, unlike fraud, we can't just sit still. Uh, the industry is changing. The market is changing. There's new trends coming up every day that we need to be mindful for. So the first one that I'd touch on is, is card scanning technology. Uh, going, the worst experience I get as going to a new e-commerce site is entering the 16-digit card number, entering the expiry date, the CVV number. Having card scanning would be amazing, just taking a picture of it and, and that's it. And also it's great for us as a business or, or e-commerce businesses because you then know the customer has the card with them, so it's likely to be a, a real transaction. The other, one that, the other ones that I want to touch on Again, biometrics, which I've said, is similar to the way Apple Pay do it, is you know, why not use somebody's thumbprint or face print to prove this payment? You know, tie the card up to that person and then authenticate at that point. Smart routing is another thing that should be explored. Uh, as I touched previously, when you have multiple providers, it will also allow companies to route transactions based on you know, that day, who, you know, where the best deal is, or whose service is better at that time. We can route at that point. Uh, social commerce, so more and more every day, you hear iMessage improving, uh, you hear WhatsApp, you hear Google Wallet. So allowing customers to pay through those social medias is the next logical approach uh, because there's so much money behind all of these companies. It'll continue getting mainstream. You know, for example, if you look at Apple Pay, it's tied into the Apple uh, device. Google Wallet, same. WhatsApp owned by Facebook and money's been thrown at it and it's growing hugely. So uh, as any company, we should also look into that as well. Uh, and tied into that, you get digital currency. You know, every day you hear stuff like Bitcoin. Uh, that goes up and down. Uh, some days it's good, some days it's low. But it's where the future is going. Uh, you know, we are going to a cashless society. 
and soon we'll go cardless maybe. So why not get ahead of the curve and start looking into this and start building technologies in that way? The final thing that I want to touch on, uh, and the companies that I've spoken to and worked with don't really value post-purchase to a degree because for them it's, I've got your money, that's it. That's all I needed. You place the order, hands off. But what's not appreciated is depending on what experience you get post-purchase, that customer's either going to come back or not. If they come back, they'll place multiple orders. They'll be loyal to you. You'll have retention with them. And they'll also be brand ambassadors for your company. If not, then you'll go to Twitter and you'll see your name, your company name, with all these bad messages or whatever else, and it's not great for the company, it's not great for you as a person either. So how should we improve it? So every customer should feel unique, that their experience is unique to them. Now, if I've been placing orders with whoever for many years, I don't want a generic experience, I want an experience that's tailored to me based on my experience. Now, I want to know when the next big thing comes out related to, you know, that <laughs> impacts me, rather than, <coughs> sorry, rather than just getting a generic experience. So, it's also about relevancy, as I was touching on. It's sending the right message to the right person at the right time, then spamming them with various emails, various text messages that nobody will care about. If you keep doing that, people will drop off, they'll block you, they will report you, they can do many things and again, it's not a great experience for your brand. It's also the purpose of post-purchase to give our customers a loving experience, to show them the love. Not, it's not a one-way thing, it's a two-way thing. So it's mainly around you, when you come, you should get best experience tailored to you. So how do you bridge the gap between million customers and their own story? So we give an engaging experience. Showing them, as I said, you know, why not use stuff like Amazon Echo uh, or machine learning or, or those kind of things that look at people, customers' behaviors uh, and then prompt them at the right time that the item you looked at yesterday is now 10% cheaper. Why not place the order now? To empower them. So when the customer comes to, to, to the site or the app, they should have a section that says, just for you, to tell them that, we know everything about you, we value you, so here's an experience that's for you. Now, enable. To give them all the tools they need to be able to find what they need, when they want. To build them the experience that customers expect from your brand. Just as if what we would expect from other people. We need to give people the same experience. You know, what can we do? You know, how can we show them this? How can we show them the right email, how can you show them the right SMS, those kind of things to keep it very engaging. Doing all of these things, it allows e-commerce companies to guide customers down a path that they want, to build that relationship they want with your company, but also allowing you to build the experience you want for that customer to keep them engaged uh, as well. And with a one-to-one -one dialogue, there's many ways of doing that. You know, as I said, there's bots, there's emails, there's daily messages you can send customers. There's so much more you can do. You know, the, the technology world, I believe, you know, changes every day. But when I look across e-commerce, how much do we, have we tapped into? Probably not as much 
as we could do, or as we should. So why don't we? Latest gadgets are not just smartphones, wearables, or you know, other things that you've seen. It comes in many shapes and forms. Uh, as I've touched on, they're just a few. There's so many more out there. So it's down to us here in this room and product people everywhere to figure out how we can bring that technology into every day. You know, how can we improve our products? Because at the end of the day, everything we do is to give customers the best experience. So how can we bridge both of these gaps together? So back to my question, can technology and fashion be a friend, uh, best friends? In my eyes, yes, of course they can. 